Good morning, everyone. As Brother Steve said, our week is fast getting away, but we do still have two days, unless you're leaving today, to finish charging our spiritual batteries to help us for the time that's still ahead. Isaiah 41.10 reads, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. The prophet Isaiah wrote approximately 700 to 681 B. Isaiah is the first book in the section called Major Prophets. And they're called Major Prophets because of a large amount of material that they wrote, not because their message was more important than any other prophets was. Isaiah contains some of the most incredible prophecies of any book. It contains foreknowledge in incredible detail about the Messiah and the future reign of Jesus Christ. The purpose of the book of Isaiah was to call God's nation, the nation of Judah, back to faithfulness and to declare the coming Messiah, Emmanuel, God with us. God calls and commissions his prophet to declare to Judah and Israel condemnation, conviction, and ultimately, great hope. Earlier in the week, Brother Jim alluded to this word fear. In this particular verse, it's Strong's 3372, Yah-Reh. And it's a primitive root to fear, morally to revere, and causatively to frighten or affright, be or make afraid, dread or dreadful and have be had in reverence. Have you ever used a GPS in your car on a long trip? I'm certain a lot of you have. At first it's a little unnerving as the voice of an unseen individual starts telling you what lane to merge into, where to turn, and how far you need to go. But as you venture into unfamiliar territory, locked in traffic on an unknown road, that voice soon becomes very comforting. You don't have to worry about an unexpected road sign. No need to fret over a sudden lane change. The voice of one who knows is guiding you. I'm sure we've all been there, going around the big cities, five, six lanes of traffic, you don't know which way your exit is going to go, so you've got to get in the middle lane, hoping that you can make a mad dash to whichever side it is to get off. Well, with these, these instruments that we now have, and I have a lower-end GPS, TomTom, Tom, and it tells you which lane you need to be in. You know, that's, that's very comforting. Of course... GPSs, they're not without error. They, they do have their errors. But 
for man-made, they work quite well. You can put them on a number of different voices. I've got mine on a lady called Mandy. And uh, we recently made a trip to Oklahoma to their to the Tulsa gathering. And we did a drive-by on our kids at Bentonville. And uh, from Bentonville, I wanted to go west to Tulsa, well, to Tulsa Bartlesville, and hit up with Highway 160, which goes through Bartlesville and on out to Osage Hills State Park where the, where the meeting is. Mandy kept trying to get me to turn and go north to catch this 160 farther north than I wanted to, so... We argued a lot. You know, she'd say, turn left, then turn left. Then she'd say, turn around when you get a chance. I'd keep saying, shut up, Mandy, I'm not doing that. You know? And uh, so it went on. But on the way back, when we left the park, I had Barbara punch in our son's address in Bentonville and see what Mandy wants to do. So we did, and she brought us up 160 and I-44 and brought us to Neosho, Missouri, which is a long ways north of Bentonville. But even though the distance was farther, it was 20 minutes shorter. So the point is, you may think you know what's right or correct, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you are. So don't be afraid to take a little criticism and a little help sometimes. The road of life is also filled with unknown surprises and difficult turns. And sometimes the path leaves us feeling confused and distraught. There is perhaps no better example than when we experience a painful loss. A loved one is taken unexpectedly. A relationship breaks, leaving us alone and afraid. A promising career is derailed by a sudden layoff. In those times, it's nice to hear the voice of one who has promised to be with us every step of the way. Fear is a natural reaction when loss suddenly visits us. These kinds of crises plunge us into an ocean of an uncertain turmoil or grief. But we need not face these challenges alone. God has assured us that when we seek Him, He will empower us with strength, stamina, and best of all, His presence. Perhaps you're facing a difficult time today. If not, it's likely we'll experience such a crisis in the future. That's the nature of life. Whatever the case may be, we need not walk through that valley of the shadow of death alone. We can seek out the support of our fellow believers. We can give our burden to the Lord. He has promised to be our provider, our comfort, and our strength. Then we can rest in the promise that, that wherever we go, God will be with us. <clears throat> if only. These may be two of the most paralyzing words in the English language, yet they're words that we've all spoken 
and some of us may speak them quite often. Life is filled with what ifs. It's always easy to assume that the road unseen must somehow be better than the road that we've traveled. But when we've placed our hands and our lives in God's hands, we can rest assured that the path he lays before us will be filled with blessings beyond what we could have ever experienced on our own. It may seem dark now, but as we rest in the Lord, the day is coming when our righteousness will shine like the dawn. We're encouraged to keep our minds steadfast as we plod through difficult days. Steadfast points toward a commitment of the will to focus on God, relying on His goodness and strength to help us move ahead. That kind of trust will carry us through the darkest hours of grief, sorrow, remorse, and struggle. This is our promise, and this is our hope. But in order to take advantage of this promise and hope, we must first learn to do our part. We must learn how not to be dismayed and how never to give up. I know I'm taking verse 10 out of context as the chapter is dealing with the nation of Israel. The heading for the chapter in one of my Bibles is Yahweh, Yahweh assures Israel of his protection. We know that a lot of what the prophets of old wrote was messianic in nature. And verses 15 and 16 of this chapter are designated as such. We are told by Paul, however, in 1 Corinthians 10:11, that the things that happened to Israel were for our examples and admonition. So I don't think we can go wrong in applying Scripture to more than one generation. God intended for his word to be a source of comfort and guidance for all believers. I want to look at an introduction to the book of Isaiah from Adam Clark. And he says, In ancient times, those who were afterwards called prophets were termed seers, or hero, the seeing person. He who perceives mentally what the design of God is. Sometimes called also Chosa, the man who has visions or supernatural revelations. Both of these terms are translated seer in our common version. They were sometimes called men of God and messengers or angels of God. In their case, it was ever understood that all God's prophets had an extraordinary commission and had their message given them by immediate inspiration. Some prophecies seem, if they, they were not intended, that they should be clearly understood before they are fulfilled. As they relate to different periods, they may have been intended for exciting the attention of mankind from time to time 
both to providence and to scripture, and to furnish every age with new evidence of divine revelation, by which means they serve the same purpose to the last ages of the world that miracles did to the first. Whereas if they had been in every respect clear and obvious from the beginning, this wise purpose had been in a great measure defeated. Curiosity, industry, and attention would at once be at an end, or being too easily gratified would be little exercised. As the gift of prophecy was the greatest which God gave to men, so the prophet, as being the immediate instrument of revealing the will of God to the people, was the greatest, the most important, the most august, venerable, and useful person in the land of Israel. They were to the people, the philosophers, the wise men, the divines, the prophets, and the teachers of truth and godliness. By their intercourse with God, they were his mediators, with the people and their persons as well as their office, were considered as particularly sacred. They did not mix with the people and only appeared in public when they came to announce the will of God. They were also a kind of typical persons. Whatever occurred to them was instructive so that they were for signs, metaphors, and portents. Matthew Henry, in his concise commentary, tells us on verses 10 through 20, God speaks with tenderness. Fear thou not, for I am with thee, not only within call, but present with thee. Art thou weak? I will strengthen thee. Art thou in one of friends? I will help thee in the time of need. Art thou ready to fall? I will uphold thee with that right hand which is full of righteousness, dealing forth rewards and punishments. There are those that strive with God's people, that seek their ruin. Let not God's people render evil for evil, but wait God's time. Every part of God's word is calculated to humble man's pride and to make him appear little in his own eyes. The Lord will help them, for he is their redeemer. God has provided comforts to supply all our wants and to answer all our prayers. Our way to the kingdom lies through the wilderness of this world. Man is in want and seeks for satisfaction, but becomes weary of seeking that in the world which is not to be had in it. Yet they shall have a constant supply where one would least expect it. I will open rivers of grace, rivers of living water, which Christ spake of the Spirit. When God sets up his kingdom in the Gentile wilderness, there shall be a great change, as if thorns and briars were turned into cedars and fir trees and myrtles. These blessings are kept for the poor in spirit who long for divine enlightening, pardon, and holiness. And God will render their barren souls fruitful in the grace of his spirit that all who behold 
may consider it. Brothers and sisters, let us be thankful that we have such a gracious God and that he has revealed his divine will to us.